0: Tesla. They blew away earnings again. That's it. Show over. Now, actually, they hit their first full year of profitability. Uh, They're now on the path to uh, being added to the S&P 500. Expectations were high. Even with everything going on, analysts were expecting a uh, loss of $1.40 per share. That was not long ago, predicting that now that they'd be somewhere close to break even for the quarter. But Most were still expecting a loss on a gap basis, and then Tesla turned in $2.18 of positive earnings, $0.50 of profit per share on a gap basis. They blew it away. That's it. It sounded crazy when one firm went out on a limb earlier this year and put that $7,000 a share price target, the prediction where they'd be in the next five years. Does that still sound crazy? Is this hype? Is it momentum? Is it like Bank of America is saying, and then they should be an $800 stock? Let us know what you think in the comments. Today on Dumb Money Live, we're talking all about Tesla. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to a very special edition of Dumb Money Live. It's the Tesla earnings edition. Chris coming to us from uh, his vacation there in Rosemary Beach. Makes me want to venture out of the house. I, I was just invited to, to stay in your carriage house. Your, <laughs> your wife just came up and talked into your microphone and said that uh, we should totally be there.
1: Oh boy, yes. And I, I, I before I forget, I must, um... I promised to give my son credit for lending me his uh, Fortnite headphones today, so I could actually hear you on, like, Monday. Awesome, my son I mean, Owen.
0: You look, you look kind of like a Twitch. <laughs> you, you, you've evolved from YouTuber to Twitcher at this point. <laughs> it
1: sounds great. I love it. I I might do this all the time now.
0: Well, you, um, you look but, like a a real gamer. But but
1: listen, Dave, this is a serious episode. Let's let's. Uh, here's the thing. we joke about Tesla, right? We joke about it all the time. um you know, can it be a seven thousand dollar stock? you know i I always just say, hey I'm not even sure if I believe in this thing, but I'm I'm in it because I'm not gonna fight Tesla and I, I'm just gonna ride this train with all the crazy Tesla boys like uh, like Jordan right and and I'm just gonna ride it whether I believe in it or not. but here's the thing I feel like I've never really given. Tesla a fair shake. I would never really spent the time to deep research the bull case on Tesla to see if there was a legitimate bull case, if $7,000 or something way bigger than that. I mean, actually, that ARC Invest. Ah, uh, Catherine Wood call uh, this last year was actually fifteen thousand dollars as a bull case. Seven thousand dollars was a bear, uh, a base case for them. Yeah, that's their base and case, I,
0: and and fifteen was their was their absolute bear case. So, yeah. And, and listen, I
1: I, I I feel I feel stupid. I feel stupid. Listen, I've been following Tesla since the IPO, right? But I've never really consciously, really, really dug deep to 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 really vet whether there was something there that could legitimately be, you know, a seven to $10,000 share company, which would kind of put them in the multi hundred billion dollar, uh, you know, well, they're already in the multi, right. But, but basically the multi hundred billion dollar valuation range, right. Can they be a trillion dollar company someday? Can Tesla be a trillion dollar company? And I did the work. I did the work this week for this episode because I felt like they deserved it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this episode, but can we tease the next episode? Cause I think it's really important on Monday. No, absolutely. We are going to talk, uh, this is a big subject. And if you are thinking about stimulus or if you're not thinking about stimulus money, stimulus, what 2.0 or 4.0, what is it right now? I think that um, we're actually you need to be.
0: working on their fourth, but to me, this is like the first time that something ended and we're now having to replace it with something else. So it, to me, I'm calling it stimulus 2.0.
1: Yes, yeah, so that that episode is Monday, and it's an exceptionally important episode for investors, and it's something that you don't want to miss. So if you haven't subscribed to Dumb Money, you need to subscribe and also hit that bell so that you get notified of that episode Monday, or if we do it early or do it late, um, because I think that's a really important episode for investors. People have been asking about it. Um, we didn't want to rush it out. We want to have enough time to really fully understand the repercussions of the stimulus package i think there's enough data on the table now to where we understand what it's going to look like and how it's going to play out and that's a big episode on monday but today's episode tesla tesla i i you guys do your homework did you read that earnings report i hope you guys read that earnings
0: report i read the earnings report i listened to the call i uh here's here's the uh, teaser for the stimulus 2.0 stock (laughs) picks it's gonna be that's gonna be a great episode um, watched, listened to the call. Watched a really cool uh, YouTube channel that uh, had put together like questions and slides and everything, um, and read the transcript. And I and I kind of actually picked out different things from reading it than I did from listening to it. So I think it was actually important to do both in this case.
1: And you're ahead of me, Dave, because that's what that that's the gold standard is listening to the call, not just reading the transcript. I read. Well, you're the on transcript. vacation though. I,
0: it, you, yeah. you, you have a pass
1: and, and let's explain to our viewers why you have to listen to the calls to it's the gold standard because it's about tone it's about reading between the lines it's about hesitation it's there's no way to fully grasp and interpret uh you know, the vibe of a, of an earnings call without really listening to it, okay? And so I, if you really want to dig in deep, you must listen to these earnings calls.
0: Well, and, and before we even started this episode, when we were just talking about this, you were joking that you knew that they were going to be profitable, whatever it took, Elon was going to cook the books or push the numbers, but they didn't have to do that. If you look actually at what they did, they were profitable with free cash flow, Uh, They don't seem to have pulled any of the one time levers to to get to that profitability. Um, Now, they did have some acceleration. I thought
2: the lever that they did was the the federal tax credits.
0: Yeah, but that's going to be a sustainable thing because there's, I mean, they're the ones that are going to continue getting these.
2: That's not sustainable at all, not in in America.
0: Um, Those run out after a while, right? They Um, they will
1: run out. Once they reach a certain level of production, it's gone. Jordan, yes, until they come up with new ones, uh, the Democrats went especially, right?
2: Um, And yeah, I think I think that's you know something that they need to bank on.
1: Um, By the
2: way, Dave, makes makes the car profitable. It's not profitable without
1: it. Now, now, and I want to get into that uh, during this call, guys. We're we're digging deep in this call, okay? So in in this uh, episode, Uh, Dave, uh, let's just dissect. Was he breathing as deeply? Uh, Was he? Did I heard all these people commenting about? he was breathing into the phone like was it creepy Elon was he doing
0: that I didn't think it was creepy I mean you know what I thought, uh, it, yeah, I mean, thought I he thought, sounded good I thought he was actually more calm than I was
2: expecting him to be right well, didn't you think that way Dave he was I was expecting him to like fly off the handle of somebody asking questions and that never happened
0: you never know um, which Elon you're going to get and I thought he was uh, very much a professional runner of a company I mean I let me I was very you- impressed with his performance yesterday <laughs>
1: yep let me, let me just tell you something. I didn't listen to the call. I read the transcript, but I came away thinking the same exact thing. I have I have either listened to or read every Tesla earnings call, transcript, and, and call since the IPO and have honestly been embarrassed for Elon almost every single time. I thought this was the most impressive performance in terms of what he said, how he illustrated his vision For the future of Tesla in the history of Tesla earnings calls. And that said, he still is terrible. And this is what makes me feel so good because he is as bad as articulating some things as I am. Like, I have things in my head I want to say. And sometimes I think I just can't figure out how to get them out of my mouth without sounding like an imbecile. And he does the same thing. But he's Elon Musk. And I'm like, you know what? I I don't feel as stupid anymore in terms of my communication style because Elon's the same way and people think he's pretty smart, although I think he's kind of just kind of nutty. And I I think he's really smart in some ways and and not so smart in other ways, but that's totally fine.
2: Well, I feel Um, like when you're listening to him, like he in the, like he is so smart that he's having to like, take his very complicated thoughts and then dumb them down to
1: where like an analyst on the other side of the phone can understand what he's talking about. Yeah, and that's what I think was most impressive. He actually hit on some things in this earnings call that I think are so instrumental to, you know, whatever this theoretical road to Tesla 7,000 or 15,000 is. And for the first time, I really had clarity. I have clarity on it. And I'm not going to say that We'll talk about you know what, what's really interesting about Ark Invest and uh, what they have done, and Catherine Wood over there, is she has a very similar kind of methodology to us, only in terms of her scenario modeling, right? So she yeah. ran, for anyone that knows, she ran ten scenarios for Tesla, and she weighted each scenario, including bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and that's how she came up with her price target. And I was kind of. Before doing the same thing with tesla i was essentially running scenarios in my head based on what i know they want to do and honestly listen at the end of this episode we get all agree we have to pick seven thousand or one thousand each of us is going to have to do at the end of it. let's not say it now at the end of this episode you have to pick one yep. um
0: well and I, I feel I really think that-
1: good about what i'm picking
0: I think what he did a really good job of was kind of communicating that forward momentum from transitioning from this electric car company, their tech software company, but he really made the case for them being an energy company. He was he was talking about how the energy part of Tesla is going to be as big as the automotive uh, thing, and the energy sector is a way bigger sector than the automotive sector, and batteries and solar are going to be enormous for them. The, I, I was wondering, Chris, if you're regretting putting in the uh, the natural gas generator to your house when you should have just waited until the mega pack comes out at the end of the sometime this year, where you have a battery that will run your house for six days?
1: Well, no, because I want to be able to run my house for 36 days. Uh, so it won't work for me today. But uh, No,
0: no, you recharge your battery with the sun. So you, you would no. actually be able to keep going. Oh well, yeah. I, I don't have room for that
1: many panels. I'm not going to do. Well, my the other whole thing is, panel. I mean, it's
2: ridiculously expensive. Whereas, you know, Chris, for you know, twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars, could put in an LNG yeah. generator to do the yeah. power packs and to replace your roof towards solar. It gets pretty expensive. Right? Yeah, we're talking yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. But, yeah, so
0: they, they are. They they are um, now touting their uh, retrofit roof product as the lowest cost in the industry. They're. Uh, electric price at a like a dollar forty nine after federal uh, incentives as the low I mean they they have a like a low price guarantee and a money back guarantee that they've like really tried to they made me I I've I've you know been I went from not really thinking Tesla was amazing to really being a Tesla fan to buying shirts because Elon was wearing them on Instagram. I am a Tesla (laughs) fanboy now. And, you you know, he he did. He did a good job. (laughs) They're still not giving any full year guidance for 2020. Still, he said, uh, what difficult to predict, uh, the shutdowns and shifts in consumer sentiment over the year, but their goal of doing the half million vehicle deliveries in 2020 is they're still, you're saying they're on target for that, um, they, they said it's become more difficult, but they're still they're still going to do it. So I'm just I'm now wanting to buy a Tesla battery for my for my whole house. I want to put some panels on my roof. I was on yeah. their estimator yeah. at one in the morning last
2: night, then, just seeing actually, how much it would that, cost. The the roof panels look so janky. You can't do that to your house. It looks
0: <laughs> no. You, no, the they, only they, way to
2: do it is if you actually get the real solar solar Tesla roof, which looks.
0: Um, nice. so I I also know that my particular roof line I wouldn't put them on the front but the yeah. back you cannot see from anywhere not even the alley yeah. not even the the uh, the neighbor's house there's there's enough flat roof or you know slanted roof that faces the sun that my house would totally be a, a candidate for a retrofit and their website says they they do like a like a digital image like satellite photo of your house to plan where to put them and <laughs> yeah. they do the installation they they do all the stuff with the city. They work with the utility. You become your own they,
2: I mean, power they can even, company. They can even estimate how much power you're going to use by you know sun patterns and like where you've got trees and all this stuff. It's I think it's really cool. I just you know uh, for me uh, you know our roof line is very prominent for the house, so I could never get away with putting you know these janky
0: looking solar panels on the top of my roof. It but what about the back half? Or, or again, your, I mean, yours? I, yours again, are like this. I, mean, so I, I have a front to back roof, roof line and. You have the yeah. the the TPS. Yeah, fact. my
2: roof is really steep, and so you see it from everywhere. It would just—I couldn't—I could imagine.
1: Uh, doing I feel kind this is random, but like I, I I feel like Elon feels the way the rest of the world sees what he's trying to do, and you know there are like a bunch of weird Tesla fanboys, and like maybe one or two analysts that understand it. Don't you feel, Jordan, it's kind of the same way that people looked at ticker tags like we were doing ticker tags for years. We knew it was light years ahead of what anyone on Wall Street, how they could even process contextualized data. There were like a small handful of the smartest people we knew on Wall Street that truly understood us. You know, guys like Matt. Um, you know, but, and then there were so, the, the vast majority, it was just so over their head, they couldn't even comprehend what we were doing. Yeah, and how, I mean, fru- so how frustrating that was for us. It's got to be frustrating for Elon, though. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I feel I like it's a similar I thing.
2: I don't agree. So I, I think, look, here's the problem, right? And it all boils down to economics on this one in that um it i don't feel like still you're that efficient by you know putting your plan in the hands of individual consumers if you really want to change the world and i agree with what he's saying about solar and wind um, being the best power generation Um, i agree that there needs to be some sort of battery buffer so that you know you can actually um, meet demand uh on time like i think those things are most people agree with this. The problem is, do you do it on an industrial scale or do you do it house to house, right? What's the best way to distribute this plan? Do you want, you know, battery packs in everybody's garage, you know, soaking up that, um, you know, soaking up that um, extra energy and then distributing it? Or do you want um, huge... Um, battery storage somewhere you know um, off-site that you use to deliver and soak up this energy right and i'm more of the industrial scale I think you get better cost efficiencies there and so i don't necessarily agree that this is going to be a good place um for
1: tesla to invest i feel like they should be
2: focusing on the cars that's just
1: me. okay so okay so let me just say this okay I, I get what you're saying but you're not thinking of the economic piece of it What what he is doing by throwing it to the consumer is saying that he wants to essentially crowdsource the economic financing of this. Because if every consumer, if he can get every individual person to put up 100K or 50K, whatever it is, and do it on their own, he's literally talking about trillions of dollars of investment that he doesn't have to do any of it himself, right? So I think that. I agree with you, Jordan, that it would be more cost, effi- it'd be more efficient to do it, you know, in scale at like industrial sites in each neighborhood or whatever it is. But you'd have to raise like a trillion dollars, you know, to- it'd be so insane. Right. And then you ha- you also have to deal with all the bandwidth of building it all and like the, 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 the ops of it all. Whereas if you put it in the consumer's hand, you can scale that out so quickly theoretically right because you have you could have it really a thousand depends on different their
2: rollout team because you can't just you, i mean you can't you would have to have so many people putting it's not like i could just take one of these things throw up a my wall and plug it in i mean you need electricians to come out and hold the, no um, but jordan the it, think, about,
1: think about it this way in 15 years from now 15 years from now you could have five thousand independent contracting companies around the country that have become proficient at doing this. Yeah. And they're all doing it the same way that Amazon outsources the delivery to like hundreds or thousands of different little delivery services for last yeah. mile delivery. Amazon is like, here's a roadmap of how to do it, but we're not going to, we'll actually help do, you know, but, but you do it like it's your company, yeah. right? Like I, the think, other issue I think,
2: that I've got with, with all this stuff is that um, people that, so like, let's say you go and you pony up, you put all this stuff on your house Some people can afford to pay for this stuff, uh, but most people aren't going to be able to just pay for it, you know, with their own funds. And so, what ends up happening is that like a lien gets put on your house for the value of it, then you pay it off over time, the whole bit. And that's fine until you go sell your house and you've got this extra weird um, lien that you've got to deal with. Um, That's why I feel like the economics are. A little bit tough. Um, but they you, have, start, they look, have... you start going down the stream. I mean, you've got early adopters that are definitely going to do this. Uh, and I 100% agree that the brand recognition is awesome. But I think once you kind of move move past some of those early adopters that have the dollar bills to just go ahead and invest in it, that the, that the
0: it gets a little bit more tough for the ROI situation for, for an individual household. So um, I, I went through and priced this for my house. And yes, it would cost they're saying $12,000 in solar panels yeah. and $10,000 in power walls. Um, and that I could get the whole thing for $16,000, $12,000 after incentives, but you can also, they have a, a, a non-cash option of, mm-hmm. uh, getting a loan. So yeah. for less than my current electric bill, I could finance all of this equipment and then over the next 25 years, save money on my electric bill yeah. while also becoming non-reliant on the grid. Because, you know, in this neighborhood, in the summer, when everyone uh, has the air conditioning on, our power will go out at some point. Yeah, Chris just yeah, 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 invested no, look, in his backyard. I totally backyard.
2: agree that you could, you could finance it over the 25 years. All I'm saying is it makes the sale of a home a little bit more complicated um, because now you're selling
0: something that you don't own. Well... Sure. I mean, just like anything in your house, you, the refrigerator that you're leaving behind, or the or the range, those those are all. just... No, no. no. Uh,
2: you own those things, or at least they're all part of the same note. Now you've got a secret, a second note on property that's attached to your home um, that you're trying to sell. And so I've I've heard, and I could be totally wrong about this. If our commenters know more about it and they've actually gone through one of these transactions, they should let us know. Um, but I've read that it gets a little bit more complicated um, when you're trying to sell your house and there's um, you know this. Uh, solar grid on top of your on top of your roof that you don't own. Like if you pay for it yourself and you've got it free and clear, no problem. But wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just as a part of your closing?
0: I would think just as a part of your closing, you would uh, close out the loan the same way you would when you're trading in a vehicle that you have a loan on, right? As a part of the yeah, maybe that's the case. Like
2: I said, that's where I'd like to know. But I've I've read specifically that people have problems doing. It.
0: But just, so it really
1: just needs to be cash flow positive. right? as long as it's cash flow positive in terms of uh, the you know if the note is like 200 a month but it's saving you 250 a month on energy i don't think it's an issue but if it's cash flow negative then you get into it like let's say energy costs got really cheap to where it was like your note was more than what it's saving you in energy jordan that becomes a big issue i agree yeah well, so think- that's
2: so that's that's part of the issue right and i think that's the problem is that look i don't i don't think that you know for most people that they're You know that they're saving more than they're spending on these things. They're doing them because they're green or whatever. At least in some of the previous iterations, where they're not as efficient. Hopefully, Tesla's working through that, and they're going to make these things more efficient, better photovoltaics. They are now. I think they they have.
0: have, and the 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 product roadmap for what they're coming out with with this like Giga Power thing that's in your in your garage that that to me that that is the future and i would like to have that and instead of having something that is a motor running on the side of my house like chris just installed i would rather have a battery that is storing up some power you can you know, even if you don't have the uh the panels you can charge up the battery when the energy cost is low and then when energy price like I'm on a I'm on a plan through this company that j- basically sells me energy at the wholesale rate and charges me a monthly service fee so I could basically arbitrage that and charge my battery when prices are low and then when prices are high switch to my battery power and and it, the software that Tesla is coming out with or or has now automates that for you
1: Dave Dave it's really important because like Again, you got to remember Tesla – got to think about the future. They're thinking about having a million cars, a million tens of millions of cars on the road that need energy too. And you would – these batteries would power your Teslas as well, right? Would battery yeah. power the you car. You would charge your, so you it, charge your like, battery
0: off of the grid or your solar power from the battery yes. in your garage to charge up your car. Which I and think listen, one of the other interesting things he talked about was the nickel mining and the nickel shortage out there.
1: Uh, that, I'll, I'll get to, i to want to talk about all have this. We so much the show. To, talk to, talk to talk about today. So, so here, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I think let's just talk about Brent. I, I actually did a lot of research on uh, on battery power when we were looking at buying the island in the Caribbean uh, a month ago. Right, we're going to buy this island. It was a, uh, you know. It looks like the deal is not going to go through for various reasons, but it was a eleven million dollar island in uh, the Bahamas we're gonna buy. I think one of the most beautiful islands I've ever seen. And we did a lot of work on infrastructure, uh, you know energy generation, and I did a lot of work on solar. Uh, you know, at the time, I just remember thinking, man, I wish I could just get a whole Tesla enclosed system here because the brand power of Tesla is just so. Great. And I don't think that's what people understand. I can envision in 15 years when the whole world is racing to do this stuff. Like, are you choosing brand B or C or D? Or are you going with the Tesla full on everything? And like everyone, it's like Apple, right? Gosh, it's like no. people are just going to be like, no, I don't know much about this. I'm intimidated by this space. I don't know if I trust the these spreads. i'm just going to go with the tesla because it's like getting it's like having what's their fridges that all the nice houses have in them it's like uh sub-zero so it's like having a sub-zero fridge yeah. in your house like if you're going to invest 150 100 thousand dollars in an energy system for your house that has solar panels and it has power transfer and it has batteries and it's like connected to a grid platform right And like you're part of the whole plant, like you're going to want to be with the Apple ecosystem, which is going to be Tesla. Right. Yes. And so I think there's massive brand power that probably isn't getting realized today because this stuff doesn't exist. In 20 years, the brand power of Tesla is is going to have so much value in terms of its ability to, to capture consumers, I think that's something that people aren't factoring in today. I, listen, I agree. The energy piece is huge. It's as big as or bigger than the car piece, maybe substantially bigger eventually than the car piece when you think about all the ways it could impact your life, right? And yes. just every house in the world, potentially, right? Every business in the world doing this at some point, right? Um, I and guess by the
2: and what, I've got my house so efficient on power that like it, it, the cost benefit
1: just would never really be there. I think Jordan, it's not. It's less about cost benefit because I think you're, it's all
2: about cost benefit, right? I mean, at the end of the not day, today, not today, not
1: not in, in twenty five 20 years. years. I think. Look, I mean, at, at a certain point, you got to pay for the thing. Jordan, Jordan, I agree with you. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about in twenty years. It's not just about cost. It's about doing the right – I mean if you think about how the young generation thinks, the the Gen Zers, like they just don't – they just want to feel good about their life and what they're doing in their world. And like being able to buy a house that is fully off of fossil fuels is something that if they could do it for – even slightly more cost than what it would cost to do it with fossil fuels in twenty years. I can see people spending more money than. It's just they think differently. They think differently yeah, but than I us, guess my right?
2: Point is that you don't need to buy a house that's off fossil fuels if you change the entire electric grid and then everything is off fossil fuels, right? And so I feel like this is an industrial problem. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to have. All these failure points with all these crazy, you know, photovoltaic cells and all this junk on your house. You want that to be in an industrial complex where there
1: are people monitoring it and making sure that it's efficient. Um, Yeah, but but is this stuff like we have right now, we have, you know, we have massive air conditioning units on every house in the world that are crazy. You know, we have so much complex stuff in homes, right? Uh, I I think as this stuff becomes more uniform over the next 20 years, the concept of having a battery pack at your house isn't going to seem so complex, right? It's just, it's not going to be that complex. It's going to be like, Hey, there's literally hundreds of millions of these things. They're so well maintained. There's the, the the way they work is so easy and it's so nice being in control of that and actually being able to make money off it. People could be like, Hey, I, I would rather May i want to do it because i i think it's profitable right it's profitable yeah, it's just, as easy you know houses people.
2: are already so expensive right and so do you want more capital investment in your house um or do you want um to invest in companies that are going to put that capital investment into infrastructure which I, i'd rather do the latter yeah that's fair you know I'd rather that's, the that's... houses be more liquid where you can get it in and out and uh really not worry about so like let's say you need to move right and then now you're you bought this crazy expensive house, are you going to be able to find this one? And so, or do you say, you know what, we're going to do this to the entire grid?
0: Yeah, but you've um, done a of- lot of homework and gotten your energy cost under control. I think that to the general consumer who, you know, we, we, when when you have to shop around for electric rates and you can have your bill go from $400 a month to $100 a month just by finding the right plan and the right service, it's yeah. all so complicated and confusing that if you could just invest in some equipment, whether you buy it or, or get a loan for it. And, and I think the problem I saw in the comments, people were saying that when you lease it, that's where the problem comes in. But if you yeah, yeah, yeah. just get I think a loan, right. that's, I think that's right. where it it's the easy.
2: Lease, maybe not the loan. Maybe so that maybe they fixed it with the loan. Uh, but the lease I think was the issue. But I just think that,
0: that Doesn't that become a huge benefit when you're selling your house? When you now, well, I have a a system that you basically don't pay anything for electric. No, I. As a headline,
2: you're like, as a headline, you're like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, But but if you run into issues with it, or if the price that you're paying extra to get. You know that piece of equipment. If it doesn't actually end up
0: saving money, it, it, it's a you know net negative. Then I think some of those are issues. And again, maybe we'll get worked out over time. And what I, st- I still don't quite understand how exactly they're they're quoting this dollar forty nine per watt uh, thing. Um, to to me that that's actually more than I pay some hours and way less than I pay some hours. Where are they getting that? And why? Are, who are we paying that dollar forty nine to? Is that the uh, cost of ownership? Is that the what is that? That that low price guarantee that they have.
1: I I, I don't know. But, Jordan, let me throw something else out there because, like, you keep talking about, you know, doing this off-site. But, like, in a lot of areas in the world, where the hell are you going to get the room for that many solar panels off-site? Like, it actually is more efficient, I think. To put the like in a urban area or like you're not to where do you where do you have miles and miles and miles of panels to do a city other than just putting on the transmission delivery problems right yeah, yeah. You, and then you, have, that you have yeah
2: transmission lines
1: that carry like crazy voltage right well <laughs> forget about forget about transmission lines I mean sure forget about the term. What, what what's a more convenient in place.
2: place like you don't have to do anything like the transmission lines are already there you just have to but
1: Jordan them. you have to have you have to have square you have miles to
2: have them anyways right in case there's
1: no, Jordan, not
2: everybody puts in the Tesla battery packs. So you
1: know, Jordan, have forget, lines in place forget anyway. about battery packs, Jordan. I'm talking about. And the actual panels. Where yeah. are you going to have s- s- miles and miles of square footage of b- of panels in in Manhattan or New York or Boston or, or Chicago have have or?
2: You don't have to have them in Manhattan. You realize, okay? So if you took, well, you also don't have a lot of
1: if you free everybody space.
2: in the world, you take everybody in the world and you put them in a four thousand square foot house. Like each family about four people, yeah. you put them in like a three four thousand square foot house. Um, in like a suburban-type neighborhood, you know that they could all live in the state of Texas? And like, there is so much land, it's crazy, right? There are very dense centers, um, but we've got transmission lines that'll carry the power from where it's generated, which is off outside of major metro areas, into the metro areas. I mean, this stuff already exists. I I don't know what the, there shouldn't be an issue with with that part of it. That's, that
0: problem's been solved.
2: But I'm already interested
0: in, I don't even, don't you have law, I don't even think right. I need solar panels. I just want the batteries to put cheap electricity in and use that cheap electricity when it's more expensive to have it delivered to my house. I think that, yeah, that I mean, that's a really good one right? the so cost said, of the so, whole of the whole investment. I could get those batteries for less than Chris bought his generator for
2: yeah now Texas is pretty unique with gritty. Um that doesn't exist around um, the entire country and then I don't even know what happens in Europe how they pay, but uh, in most states, like it's pretty much a set rate on what you pay no matter what time of day it is. Yeah. But yeah with gritty it makes perfect sense to be able to say, look, once a once the you know, rate goes above whatever, then you know, we just we just start emptying out the batteries and then once the rate drops below whatever, then we start filling
0: up the batteries and we that I agree and with you and there, in Texas, we had this this whole push towards being able to choose your provider and, and all of this, which sounds great. But then the plans got so complicated, and they, the way they disclose it, and it, it, it's more complicated than like a cell phone plan or a cable plan. Or it's 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 out of control. And so I'm I, I'm really happy with who I'm using now because it is just they're giving me the wholesale rate on a minute by minute basis.
1: Yeah. Yep. But anyway, that so don't you don't you have loss, Jordan, of of, uh, of energy and, and transport or no? Yeah, that's why. So
2: that's so that's a good point. And that's why. Um, so most of the you know long distance runs of power lines are built with steel cables, which actually doesn't transmit electrons very well. And so instead of um, low voltage throwing a bunch of electrons through it, they actually inc- they throw the voltage
1: way up. And then lower the current, um, and then you don't get quite as much loss, but yeah, you, you still get lost. But that, but that's my issue, Jordan, because you got to understand real estate costs a tremendous amount of money, so like you, there's no, not, not just not, open yeah, like I
2: mean, in Manhattan, it does, but you're talking no, in about Dallas, it, even nowhere, in Dallas, it does, it does. Like, like it. I, but we're not putting huge solar rays in Dallas, I don't know what you're talking about. You do well, it where, where, where are you somewhere? You find like, oh. um. Uh, so they're a power generation plant. Like if you look at where all the coal plants are right now, coal plants aren't in the heart of Manhattan or in the heart of Dallas. They're like in Sulfur Springs, Dallas, and stuff like mean, that. No but,
1: no, no, but Jordan, no. but Jordan, you need massive land for, for solar though. So if you want to power the city of yeah. Dallas on with solar. You don't need, like, a few acres. You'd need, like, tens of thousands of acres. So you and realize that-,
2: that we, like, that we reroute um, electricity all across the country right now. Um, yes. It's not, yes. An issue. it's not, it's not, I just don't, I get what you're saying that there is loss and stuff like that but I mean I, I think those are minimal compared to
1: Okay you know, okay.
2: So yeah I mean put solar array you, they they don't put these wind farms in the middle of Dallas either they put them out you know in West Texas and you know oh, in places get that get a lot of wind and aren't very um you know
0: uh, aren't very
2: population dense
0: so here's solar counterpoint from uh, Martin in our comments. What you're not understanding is that the utilities have a monopoly. So in places where you can't choose your power and you just have to pay whatever it costs, yeah, you sure. can now become your own power generator and you can generate more than you need and sell it back to them. Yeah. No. So here's what you got to count on at that point is that every single person has to become a CFO and
2: figure out, What's the you know cost benefit analysis of this thing going down? And maybe people are going to do
0: that. Or you maybe just go to Tesla's website where they have, have a nice little calculator. Go after
2: an industrial scale. <laughs> it save
0: this is a great debate, but we must <laughs> move on because they announced so many things. We have to talk about the gigafactory that they're opening yeah. outside of Austin. Wait, wait. You want to talk could, about? Could you you want to talk about roof batteries again?
1: No, can we just get back to the car? Uh, Let's start. Let's get back to basics. I do have a lot I want to talk about with Tesla because to answer this question, let's talk about the car, okay? So the biggest um,
0: the biggest announcements there to me are their new 400 mile EPA certified Model S, their move towards the real thing is the full self driving, uh, and they're they're saying that's going to complete by the end of the year. So, before you get to self driving, because that,
1: that's the big subject today, I think. that that That's the biggest driver, right? But before you get to that, when we just think about Tesla, the company, um, mm-hmm. I don't think it, it, any of this short term stuff matters literally at all. Like, here dem- he said, demand for the cars is great. I believe that demand's great. I don't even care about demand for the car, quite honestly. Um, it's all about, if you want to talk about the car, I think you to talk about manufacturing, right? And I think the, the one thing that I found really impressive is that they are thinking about manufacturing very different, it seems like, than other auto manufacturers or other manufacturers in general. They really are going all out trying to change the way cars are manufactured. Um, and they're thinking of it long term, but none of this is going to happen over the next couple of years. Over the next couple of decades, I think Tesla will likely be in a position, and I do believe this, to produce cars and batteries and everything else goes with the electric car manufacturing, um, significantly cheaper than anyone else because they just have a totally different approach of how they look about how they look at manufacturing these vehicles. Right. It just, they're looking at how can we change the manufacturing process to be, Significantly different and less expensive for each every, every part right? of that
0: manufacturing process, from from the building of the factory and the price that they're spending per per production capability of the of the factory down to having trying to make these cars affordable enough so that everybody in the world can afford one. Which, which and, and is well, like he actually
2: made a comment um, during the call that I thought was really impressive, and that was um, that you know if if, there, if somebody in engineering is like, hey. This, the way this part is designed is making it harder for us to put together the car, then they'll take that back, redesign the part, make it better to where it's easier to manufacture, which I thought was actually pretty uh, interesting in just the way that they think about these things.
1: Jordan, it's it's way bigger than that because it's the fact that he's building a company where if you are in that role, you are motivated to actually raise your hand and what? say that and be applauded for that. Where at any other company in the world, and you know this is a fact,
0: specifically and car, car companies. Yeah, if you if you, you raised are... your hand and said I have a way to redesign this part <laughs> at Ford, <laughs> you're they're like, you're, you're, shut you're up, off the assembly line. Shut up, <laughs> shut
1: up, Billy. Do your like, yeah. are you kidding me, Billy? You are literally a guy on an assembly line. Shut
0: up, okay. <laughs> I agree. I do love, your,
2: I, love, do I love that comment that he made on the call.
1: Do
0: you, I actually. I, I, I got more excited about if I were going to work a job, I would want to go work at Tesla right now.
1: All right, guys, this is what I'm talking about. And this is why if you're an investor watching our show today, you have to listen to these calls. You have to read these transcripts because it's about the little things. Right. And it's about like we are we invest for a living. This is all we do. Um, And what we've seen at certain companies, like, let's Amazon thinks that way, right, to a big extent. Um, I, I did a tour of the Amazon, uh, the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Dallas. Guys, you must do that at some point. And my mind was blown because they are doing things at the Amazon distribution centers that is light years ahead of what any other distributorship does in the world using robotics and AI. And it is just absolutely amazing and tesla is taking
0: the same approach um yeah. because i, I absolutely they, am looking forward to doing that that tour as soon as they're offering this again because everything you've said about it is just my oh and i want to go see that it, 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 but but this is this is how this is how a multi-trillion
1: dollar company comes together it comes together with that type of thinking and it's not just about getting that efficiency gain because people are motivated to do the right thing and to share knowledge, but it's about recruiting. And the one thing that I know you guys probably understood about this call, this call was a recruiting call. Like, like yes. every single thing he spoke about, yeah. and by the way, talent. It, like, we, we come, we're operators, right? We're Dumb Money. Before we were investors, we were operators. We've been operating companies basically our entire lives. And as an operator, the one thing you understand is, Talent is everything, okay? The people that work in your company, if you don't have amazing talent, you're done. You're dead in the water. And what Elon did on this call shows me that they are doing everything that needs to be done to ensure that over the next 20 years, the world's top talent, and I don't just mean in engineering, in sales, we're going to talk about this later, even insurance uh, actuaries. Okay. We're talking about this, like every piece of top talent. If you're 22 and talented at, you're going to want to work for Tesla over the next three decades. Okay. It's going to be one of those companies and you don't even know it yet because they're just a car company right now. But in 2045, I think the same way that Google had the top talent at one point in time and Facebook did after that. Right. I think Tesla's going to have a pretty big run of attracting all the world's top Talent.
0: The and same that way, is something yeah, as an that I've a lot have. of weight into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I I thought it was fascinating that he says, "We want revolutionary actuaries." This is a quote from Elon Musk. <laughs> I would love to have some high-energy actuaries, especially I have great respect for the actual actuarial profession. You guys are great at math. Please join Tesla. This is this was fantastic to hear from the he didn't have to think about that, you know, all the way down to the actuary level. This this is why I am now all in on Tesla.
1: Yes, yes, it, it and is. And they're hiring um, not
0: just in, in California, but they've got their, their China factory, their Berlin, the the Giga Giga Berlin, Giga Austin. It, oh, yeah. I, I might have to move yeah, to Austin talk, and just, talk, just do some kind Giga of... Giga Berlin? Hmm? Should we talk the about... What? You want to talk about Berlin? Yep. <laughs> or are talk we j- jumping old. around too much? We're, we're talking well, about well,
1: cars. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's okay. No, we're talking about cars and manufacturing, so I think it's fine to talk about, um, you know, the different gigafactories. Uh, we, like, should, oh, we should have like a, a bullet Berlin. point
0: timeline of what we're planning to talk about, yeah. so that we, we can stay focused <laughs> ourselves. We all have a. Well, but here's the
1: thing: uh, I think what's fascinating is each time he builds one of these gig, he's already writing off the whole initial gigafactory in California like it's old school, like it's not even 1.0. Like that gigafactory yeah. was like what? What do you call it? Like point nine. Like not 1.0, but 0.9. That was was his actuary
0: business, his his insurance business in California. But
1: but he also referred to the Gigafactory as like he was like it's old school already you know like he's like uh berlin was one thing he goes china the one he's doing in china is like revolutionary and the one he's going to do in austin like forget it it's going to be mind-blowing like in terms of the innovation they're bringing and what they've learned and what they're going to do in austin i can't wait for that austin uh gigafactory to be built out but was there something about berlin specifically you had jordan
2: yeah so um i've been i've been looking at some charts reading some articles and um and and just trying to like figure out what's going on in europe because basically europe is the largest ev uh, second largest ev market um probably most by growth um and so you know tesla actually has a ton of competition in um in europe and is currently sitting around three to five percent of all electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles sold in europe um it has been dropping dramatically um and so two things one with the one with the um with with this new facility in uh, Germany, is that one? It'll it should lower the cost. There won't be tariffs of uh, cars coming in, so that's a good thing. Um, the other is that um, you know, with more supply, will they be able to create more demand? Like, what is the actual problem? And we know that um, we know that Elon said that you know demand is not the problem; it's supply. Hopefully, he's right um, because uh, European market share for Tesla has been. Um, dropping a little bit. The other thing is that once you get rid of, uh, I think like something like forty out of the ninety thousand cars that were built in Fremont the last um, quarter went to Europe. So now you're talking about you haven't increased increase the um, U.S. market size too, right? So they're talking so instead of instead of supplying fifty thousand cars in a quarter um, to the United States, now you're needing the so now you're basically doubling your supply to the United States once you get this Germany plant um, up and running. And so, you know, just things to look at, right? I mean, it, it is really just, is, is the demand going to soak that um, fresh supply up? And I, I don't know so, the answer to that. So that. I think, here's I think the when thing it I... comes
0: to that, the, it's interesting his thoughts on like vertical integration of supply chain and the the way he's basically just rethinking the way everything works, uh, you know, instead of having parts being shipped around the, shipped around the world, just, changing the way they're manufacturing the vehicle to make it more manufacturable, changing the vehicle itself to make it easier to make changing the factory, the whole process from sourcing materials to shipping one out the door, they're rethinking everything. And that's, that's what makes them not just a car company. They are, they're handling automotive the way a tech company would. And that's, that's amazing. Hold on. I just want to
2: make one point. So somebody said that the reason um, for this was that, um, They've, they shipped um, fewer cars this uh, quarter, which is definitely true, um, but their numbers have been declining in Europe um, uh, over the past several quarters. It's not just this quarter.
1: So here's the thing, guys. Um, and by the way, you know, insurance is a big part of that. I, I, what I was blown away by was the fact that how he's going about building this insurance company, which I think can be the largest automotive insurance company ever at some point, because they're, they're like, okay, if most of the claims are coming in on little fender benders, right, and you're having to spend like $5,000, 10000 sometimes $15,000 to fix a fender because of the way that automotive repair shops work and the way that the cars are built, well, how can we redesign the fenders, right, so that when someone has a fender bender, the cost is exponentially lower To get it fixed. Well, like car companies don't give a damn about that because why would they? But if you're also the insurance company, all of a sudden, right?
0: Yeah, you have a motivation to improve the product. That's right. So what
1: happens when Tesla basically uh, manufactures cars that are able to be insured at 30% of what a normal car insurance would be because they've fixed how cheaply it is to to, to insure that car, right? Um, and all of a sudden, then you kind of are for the cost to buy a Tesla is significantly lower than another car, not because of the car price itself, but because the insurance savings. Like that's mind blowing.
2: Yeah, me. and that's where that's um, where they that's where they'll have like a total TCO type um, plan out in the future. Um, and it's not just about oh, you're paying sixty grand for the car or whatever. It'll be this is just this is how much it costs to. You know, run the car a month or whatever it is, and they'll they'll be able to make a better, um, you know case you, for their
0: customers i think, yeah, I, and you, I think and you won't that. actually have to even own the car you can have use of someone else's car and self-driving and the taxis and like there's so many things that make a tesla vehicle not the typical car that you think you have to have sitting in your driveway i don't want to have to have a, a, a garage anymore i would love to have a house that didn't have that storage that i had off-site and my car came and picked me up when i was ready for it and took me somewhere and then parked itself somewhere else that's the future yeah Okay, so let's talk about the future. If if you're investing in
1: Tesla right now, and I am, I'm invested in Tesla, um, I don't think any of this really matters that much. I think it's important for them to have a healthy car company. I think what they're doing with manufacturing is a big piece of that. I think what they're doing with uh, tech, uh, with recruiting is a big, and talent's a big piece of that. I think what they're doing with insurance is a big piece of that. But for me... Um, and Jordan, you've already said it. I think the energy piece could be huge for Tesla, or there could be a better way to do it, like with, with you know commercialization of these panels. Okay, I think I'm not quest- against
2: it. By the way, a lot of people are saying that I'm against these things, and I am not. I think it's awesome. I just think, you know, once you get you know past a certain level of consumer, um, that that it, the ROI gets a lot harder to, to sell to somebody.
1: Well, well, I mean Jordan, listen, you you're throwing out some some red flags that I think if you're going to be a smart investor and you think that's the future of Tesla, you better darn well be analyzing uh, the dev- You better take a devil's advocate approach, it, you know. So I, I think it's really important that you're bringing up these things. I don't know that you're right or wrong, I, It's something that I'm going to look into more yeah, if I were going to if I were going to if I were going to put big bets on Tesla based on the energy component. I would want to look into that more. And I think our viewers should look into that further. But for me, the number one reason, um, and I'm just going to say it right now, uh, I think that Tesla is more likely to be a seven thousand dollar stock than a $1,000 stock. And for me, uh, it's all about uh, automation. It's all about, you know, what, what, is it, what does he call it? He calls it, um, and it's not he calls it, it's just a term for it. It's, um, oh, sorry guys. It, it, <laughs> what, what does he call a Self-driving technology. It's like full, no, full self-drive, uh, full self-drive, full self-drive, sorry, I lost my mind. Full self-drive, right? So full self-drive, I think uh, he even
0: said about- FSD on the call once. I- yeah, that's, he that's, did. A, that's he a term they keep talking times. about. And he said specifically yeah. he is very confident that that functionality will be complete by the end of the year. He is using it himself to get to work. Yeah. And it's, he says he that, that, it, that people are going to be <laughs> amazed by it because it's like st- it's like the, the technology that they're moving is like going from taking a few still images and trying to analyze them and figure out how to drive to taking a, a four-dimensional movie. And okay. Okay. Well, wait. here's the deal. We all know that
1: Tesla has a very different approach. They're using the vision-focused autonomy system versus lidar, right? So they are—they have made a decision, right or wrong, years ago to take a really bold data-centric approach to to, to autonomous self-driving cars. Okay. The bottom line is it's either going to work or it's not going to work. Now we could debate whether it happened. If it works. We can debate whether it works in in two years or in five years or seven years or ten years, whatever it is, right? But the fact is that Tesla is in a unique position to move with that roadmap because of how many cars they have on the road collecting data, okay? Mm -hmm. So if that ends up truly being better than LiDAR, what Google and Waymo is working on, Waymo was valued at $100 billion, okay, Uber's valued at let's say 50 billion, I think Lyft is 25 or 30 something like that, right? So the three of those companies combined, I don't know, a couple hundred billion dollars right there and we're just getting started. You have to assume that at maturity we're looking at a trillion to multi-trillion dollar space potentially globally, okay? Potentially trillion to multi-trillion dollar space. So if you start talking about how can Tesla be a half-trillion-dollar company or even someday a trillion-dollar company, there's no doubt in my mind that's it. Like, that is what you have to be looking at. Can they become yes. the predominant global player in autonomous driving um, to where, Dave, the vision that we would like to see come true, where we essentially nobody even owns a car anymore? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a big believer in cars, okay? I, I don't think that – car ownership is going to be a thing in 10 or 15 years. Uh, What we do is we study culture at Dumb Money, right? So we're all about detecting change as it's happening and trying to predict, trying to depict the present more so than trying to predict the future. And I think just understanding the present of how young people think, they simply don't have a big passion towards driving or towards automotive ownership so yeah, car I culture actually,
0: is 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 on the decline you know and i think yes. that it will always exist you'll always be able to you know go to a car museum and practice driving one around in some uh, virtual <laughs> modulated city but i don't think that you're going to need to have real estate in your in your house or on your property where you park mm-hmm. one of these things i like, don't necessarily agree with 95 that.
2: 95 percent of the lot- time yeah, I'd rather go along Chris Chris's line of thinking in that that technology that they're developing is going to be worth way more than the actual cars that they're building. And that's where, you know, and, and I don't know how they do it. Right. Because it's an all an integrated system. But if they were to be the self-driving technology that powers Ford and powers GM and powers out and all these different car companies.
1: Yes. And they yes. figure out how
2: to license that technology. Then, yes, that's worth way more than just a car company.
1: I have two words for you tesla network if the tesla network ends up basically be listen nobody loves uber okay um honestly people don't even love google and their waymo like it just nobody loves these brands they people love apple right but like People don't love those brands. People love Tesla, I think, and what they're trying to do. I think the next, I can visually see the Tesla network becoming the way it's the fully connected network of all the cars that are driving us places, right? And yeah, guys, we go buy our little parking lots, and we could, you know, we, we we can put all of our Tesla charge stations in there and start renting them out and stuff like that, and. Nobody has a car. I mean, I'm not going to say no. Jordan drives a pickup truck, okay guys? We all know that. He drives a pickup truck. That means that no, he's not going to he's not like Dave, and I'm somewhere in the middle between Dave and Jordan, okay? But like Jordan is going to have a harder time envisioning nobody owning cars anymore. Uh, Dave sees it clearly. I see it ha- I see it like in a fog, but it's happening at some point. I just don't know how far off it's going to happen. But this is happening. It's just a matter of when, not if. And that market is a SAP market. Yes, they'll be licensing their their, their stuff to, to Ford and to Porsche and all these other car brands. But they will also be the Uber, right, of the next 50 years. And I think they're going to get a cut of every ride that's taken. And as a car owner, I don't think Tesla wants to own the cars. I think they're going to have a program kind of like Amazon does for delivery drivers where, hey, you could just buy a Tesla or buy 10 Teslas or buy 100 of them and put them on the grid, right? Put them on the grid and they're making 6% an interesting annually.
0: Yeah, because what? it's much like they want people to buy the batteries and solar panels for their house and that becomes the new way you get electricity. You, you can buy and and finance and, and profit from owning a Tesla and put it into the Tesla network. <laughs> They don't need to finance anything. They, they just let people participate in that, and that could be a moneymaker. You could actually have a fleet of Teslas driving around and your wow. own special one that comes picks you up.
1: Dave, as we know, what is the largest cost driver of share drive? It's the human driving it, right? I mean, Absolutely. we all know that. It's the biggest problem. You take the human out of that picture, um, and by the way, you take the pollution out of that picture and the emissions out of that picture hold on and
2: pollution still exists right now it's just off site now the more you move towards solar then that goes away but then there is also a ton of pollution that goes into um building these batteries right and so of that's, course, that's, of
1: course, that's an issue of course there is but the ongoing pollution of energy all uh, right energy um uh a uh, 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 Consumption, right? In terms of if it goes solar, if the if good thing the good, now going solar
2: is great, but you're still having to produce the batteries, which is very, very bad for the environment to produce some of these batteries. Um, when you take mining and production into account, um, a bunch of chemistry going on at massive scale, um, and so that's not really it. I feel like the best thing about the Tesla, uh, let's say it's about even with with the gasoline car as far as you know being bad for the environment, which I think is you know maybe the gas is maybe slightly worse. At least you're localizing that pollution somewhere away from most humans, right? In the in the inner city. You don't have all the smog and stuff where people are feeding.
1: And Jordan, there's there's the real pollution and there's perception of pollution. And the bottom line is, yeah, like we, we we talk about this all the time. Like I you know, the pollution that gets put out, you know, building a battery is insane. It's crazy. But that we've known that for 15, 20 years and no one ever talks about it. Right. It's just it's just is what it is. That's the way humans are like they're going to take sides and this is going to be perceived as better. And people want to believe it's better. Uh, and well, it but, like Los better. Angeles
2: really only cares about Los Angeles. Right. And so yes, if they want to yes. ban gas burning. It's because, you know, they don't want that smog in their environment. But if that smog gets made in, like, you know, China or like in the middle of a desert. They're
0: like, who cares? Or in the valley.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so here's the thing guys, um the SaaS business is an 80% margin business with 70 to 80% or higher margin business. We all know that. That is why uh that's why SaaS companies get the valuations that they get. Um at some point in the future, it could be 1 year or 5 years Uh, If Tesla is successful making inroads into that market, the market is going to start the the Wall Street is going to start seriously looking at Tesla uh, and valuing them based on SaaS multiples. And I do see how Tesla could at that point be a seven dollars to $15,000 stock. It's, it's, it's not hard to see at that point. A lot of work needs to be done. It's a leap of faith to some extent. I know it's really difficult for the human mind to envision a world where there's tens of millions of driverless cars roaming around, picking people up and dropping them off. But I will tell you one thing. I 100% see that world that Dave, I know you do as well. And I want to read something that I thought was a really fast. I don't know if you guys remember this quote, uh, from the conference call yesterday, but I thought it was really cool and funny. He said, um, uh, hold on, let me read this here. He said, in general, I think, uh, I've been saying this AI drum for a decade We should be concerned where AI is going. The people I see being the most wrong about AI are the ones who are very smart because they can't imagine a computer that could be way smarter than them. That's the flaw in the logic. They're just way dumber than they think they are. And I think what he's getting at with that is that and I and I've been you know, I read in a bunch of other articles about kind of the components that go into self-driving cars, autonomous driving, um, each of those components, while controversial in terms of, you know, to when you put them together, can it can, is it safe? It's not a matter of is it safe? It's a matter of how much safer it is than a human because each of those components are the same things that we have in our human mind, right? So, like, we are, are taking a risk on each of those functions, Right. But it's just our mind doing it versus a machine doing it. Now, and I'm going ultimately- to
2: say something, and this is a point that's been brought up by many data scientists in the past, is that the real problem with machine learning and especially neural networks and things like that is that, you know, if you go to try to ensure some of these things, that it becomes a problem um, because you really can't explain what it's doing, right? Even why it's making the decisions that it's making, you can't really get in and dig into the logic Um, it's down deep in layers um, that are really kind of opaque to somebody learning um, and being able to write down a documentation to then be able to explain to somebody else how these things work and so that's 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 where i've got a small issue also with putting some of these things into the hands of these algorithms Um, and you see you know some of these things happen already i mean it's not too common i will say that i look People saying that I'm a bear of Tesla right now. I'm not really a bear. I'm not really a bull. I love the company. I think it's mildly overvalued right now. Not crazy, but just mildly. Um, but I think it's majorly <laughs> undervalued. <laughs> I disagree. So like when, when you've seen, you've seen where like a semi is rolled over in the middle of a freeway and then a Tesla doesn't even notice it. It just barrels through, right? And That's old technology. It doesn't happen that often, but it does happen, right? And so you don't really know when one of these that's, algorithms is going to make a mistake because you don't know it, the it, algorithm. That was okay, old, technology old technology, and that was when
0: humans were supposed to be still hands-on-wheel the whole time. No, but this here's is it. No, no, no.
2: This is current stuff, and it's with their current um, technology that's supposed
1: to be hands-off while you're on the freeway, is how I understand. All right, it. all right. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. I, I agree with you that there are all kinds of outliers, right? There's outliers that this technology, we don't know what we don't know yet in terms of what the technology will miss in terms of outliers. and that's where it gets kind of scary. And because of that, I'm going to say that this is the this isn't one of those examples to where the change that's about to happen is likely to take way longer to happen than anybody anticipates. I think autonomous I driving is going to take way longer than anyone anticipates, but, When it actually does happen, I think the change is going to be way more dramatic and way bigger and happen quickly at that point than anybody could ever imagine in a million years. So, no, I don't think we're going to have autonomous driving in a few years, but I think in eight or nine or ten years, I think we are going to have it. And I think when it happens, it's going to literally blow your mind because it's going to take over the world. It's going to be so big And overwhelming. And I think the company that is leading that space is going to be a multi-trillion dollar company, probably Tesla, probably not necessarily, but probably Tesla. And if you think, Jordan, it all depends on how you value the company, because if you value Tesla like any other company in the world, it is massively overvalued. But if you value it in the same way that we value Amazon and have valued Amazon for the past 10 years, Fifteen years, then it's massively undervalued, Ooh, this is right?
2: Another case. But I, oh, I I also disagree with that. So at the point uh, of three hundred billion dollars uh, in market cap for both Apple and Amazon, they had somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four times as much earnings as uh, Tesla has. So even by you know crazy growth growth stock multiples, like they're not they're they're still a little uh,
1: high. Big difference, Jordan. Big difference at those times. I don't think anybody saw. The, the the future of those companies didn't look nearly as big as the future of Tesla potentially looks right now with what's on the horizon. Okay. So it's like, that may be and true, a,
2: right. But I feel like there's also a bunch of, um, they've also got a bunch of categories that aren't really showing that
1: growth. Right. And
0: so I don't think they're really showing that growth in solar yet. They're not, um,
1: they're, they're not, not showing, showing the growth yet. anywhere, it's, really. They're not showing it anywhere yet.
0: The, the possibility of that growth in the future. So I think of this you know right right around the time i started working at yahoo was the same week the same day i think that the that yahoo was added to the s&p 500 and and once tesla has hit this milestone i've been seeing a bunch of different reports comparing in the two where at the time yahoo was on this crazy like hockey stick where it's just going straight up and then they were added to the S&P and they kept going up for 6 months because the, there was no there was no limit to the future of what this new internet thing could do until the bubble burst and people's you know came back to reality and the the whole thing fell apart so i had some of the worst priced options employee stock options of all time <laughs> but after 10 years of that crash and getting more along the way it came back to a more realistic what can the future actually be i think we're in the same kind of time frame right now where we don't really know how big self-driving can be we don't know how big a rethinking of consumer consumption and delivery of electricity could be we or or changing from one kind of power to another kind of power like the the kind of fundamental changes that this company is behind on on multiple fronts we don't know where it's going and i think that this comment i saw a while back if i can find it here if they have the cheapest battery it's a seven thousand dollar stock if they solve this full self-driving it's a seven thousand dollar stock if they take over energy it's a seven thousand dollar stock if they can scale without it they'll be if any of these things can happen this is the seven thousand dollar stock it's a no. big if we could be in a you know this could be a bubble, it could be people are projecting what they would like to have happen in the future, like I do. I would love to see all of these things happen in the future, and I think that this company is the one that can do it. But there are also people who would love to have seen Bitcoin be the thing that replaces all currency, and the the, 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 the gi- giant run up there. It, it, you can kind of compare the two. And I would, I would love for te- technology to move forward and to solve a bunch of the world's problems, but The reality, like Chris is saying, and and I saw people questioning your 10-year outlook for self-driving, your point is you don't know the date. It is going to take longer than the most – it's going to take longer than anyone is thinking, but it will happen in some time in our lifetime, and we will see it. And that could be be two years.
2: The technology will be there, right? But it's how – it's not when just is that when technology, the technology accepted? When are we comfortable enough with the technology yes. to certify it to
1: be able yes. to you know, do that?
0: Yeah, but I, I trust, happen, I trust right? computers way more than yeah. all the crazy drivers on the road, right? And I think that the the, the the stats will show that the cars driving themselves do better than the humans driving the cars. And eventually, there will be this tipping point where if you don't have self-driving, it's considered dangerous the same way there was a time when people thought it was crazy to go around in these motorized vehicles when a when a horse-drawn coach was so much more safe and popular and effective and you know all of these all of these things we're going to see a shift so can i just tell you guys something you, you know i have a bad
1: really bad i disc issues in my lower back um that's why i kind of move around this chair so much uh on the show but I, I went i was nervous about driving to florida from texas it's a big drive i broke it out over two days i still had to drive six hours each day the last time i had driven even three hours i wasn't able to walk for days um and i you know i was going to switch off with amy the whole we're going to stop every hour she's stretching and all this stuff but what i did is i was in her infinity or QX8 and they have a really good uh cruise control option in that car to where you could put set your cruise control and then you could also set kind of how far you want to be behind the car in front of you. And I set that and I got on the highway. And let me tell you something guys for six hours I'm not sure I touched the gas pedal or the brake more than two or three times when I had to get off the road. Because I just set it at 80 miles an hour, 85, but then I just kind of got behind a car, and it, the whole ride, it just, if the car stopped, and at, we got to a point where we are on a country road, it would literally, on a country road, it would crawl to a stop, and then at the light, it would start going, and like, I was like, th- and I was laying back in my seat, like, really reclined, my back feels amazing, but, but what I took out of that is, I really walked away thinking, my God, like, yeah. This this is happening like that was just cruise control, yeah. but a really advanced version of it. Okay, yeah. That, yeah I mean, um, like
2: Adrian's, had, Adrian's car does it. She's got a one of the Yukons, and hers has that. I love it. Love
1: it was it. basically flawless, and this is yeah. a few year old QX8 Infinity or whatever. But like, I bu- this is going to happen, and it's going to change the world of transportation. Yeah. And I think the companies that are there, I think at this point. Tesla is the favorite right to be there. And it's all about scenario modeling and risk reward. So do I think do I know Tesla's going to be a seven thousand dollar stock? No. But if I think that there's a 50 percent chance of it getting there, which I do believe there's a 50 percent chance of Tesla dominating that category at some point in the next decade. uh, That's a 50 percent chance of uh, five times your money. Right. So look, I mean,
2: Tesla's already light years ahead of the Infinity and the GMC version,
1: right? I mean, theirs is 10 times as good because it'll change
2: lanes for you and all this stuff. Uh, It's they're 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 on the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I I, I am I am I will confidently say, and again, I'll remind everybody watching the show that we're not advice, financial advisors. So please don't do what we say. This is, this is just about what we're doing. And so you can learn about how we think about what we're doing and be entertained by it. Our uh, personal analysis
0: of what, of what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Because we don't know what your risk factors are guys. So like our, we know what our risk factors are. We know what our risk tolerance is. We don't know what your risk tolerance is. So do not replicate our trades ever guys. It's really important. I mean that. Um, but I am confident for myself in saying that, I believe there is a better likelihood of Tesla being at seven thousand than uh, than one thousand. And I have three hundred shares of Tesla. I think there's a pretty good chance that you know if Tesla comes down at all from here. I mean, I, I I might I might increase my Tesla position a little bit. I'm not not a lot, but I might increase my after the homework I did this week on Tesla, and that call yesterday. I feel. I feel better than I felt about Tesla in a really long time, and I don't even care what the stock price is because it's yeah. at five hundred or fifteen hundred. You know, if we're talking about it going from to seven thousand or fifteen thousand in the next decade, um, it kind of doesn't matter that much, right, from a decision standpoint.
0: No, I, I agree, and Tesla is my second largest holding now behind uh, Amazon. I have five hundred shares. Um, I am up ninety nine percent. Since buying that and I i only recently you know I didn't have Tesla when Jordan picked Tesla as his forever stock back on the other Dumb Money channel. And now I made fun Jordan's of him. like I, oh, made fun I don't of know. Him. I know
1: we both do. Oh, guys guys, if you haven't seen that episode, you need to go to the regular Dumb Money channel on YouTube. It's just YouTube forward slash Dumb money and watch our forever stock episode where I was so making fun of Jordan being a Tesla fanboy. He owned Tesla at the time, and I was like, "You're crazy!" It was a what? What was it? Dave was it five hundred, six hundred? What and was that? Said,
0: and he said, "I'll never sell.
1: I'll never sell." Guess what he did? He sold it. Now he doesn't own Tesla, and now I own it. <laughs> and that's I Look, bought it. That's a- <laughs> I,
2: let me say something. So I <laughs> sold. You want to uh, know why I sold? Because there's somebody uh, who told me that the stock was overvalued. Was it, it me? No, it was Elon Musk told me that the <laughs> stock was overvalued. So if you're trying to figure out what's the valuation that you should uh, put on the, this thing, is that right now it's still above the point where Elon told us all, the whole public, everybody on Twitter, that the stock was overvalued. And
1: yeah, so, but he's mentally ill, Jordan. Twitter. You don't listen to I mean, a I'm mentally be on, ill person. I'm <laughs> But I'm not going to buy it. Overvalued. It's just not going to happen. So if we get down, if we get
2: down a little bit, then yeah, I'm, I'm long Tesla. But I'm not going to buy it where the CEO tells me that it's overvalued.
0: He's a lunatic. You can't listen and to that guy. Come sell, on.
1: Right?
2: If, if the ultimate insider
0: tells you to sell, you sell. <laughs> okay. So you're trading on that insight information from uh, from Elon's Twitter account. Yeah, I mean, he's well, an
1: insider, but he gave us. But we talked about why he said that, and we think he said that to protect himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, and that so, was a
0: tax-related tweet.
1: Yeah, I think it was a tax-related tweet.
0: <laughs> I, we have a Dumb Money Live uh, anyway, episode. I, I think it was that, Elon's face in the, uh, in the thumbnail. Tesla stock action... Have, have you looked at uh, the market today just in general? Because things are not looking good for uh, either of our portfolios. Anything. I mean, let
2: me tell you something. I waited apart. to sell my Chipotle puts, and I ended up getting my money back out of Dave.
1: Oh, good good work. Oh, yeah. guess what, Jordan? Guess who bought Chipotle puts after reading your text yesterday? Yeah. I said, you know what? I can't I got, remember I the last time.
2: I got out even on him, but I went
1: way out of the money. I should have just bought Okay. Puts, but... I was like, I can't remember the last time Jordan bought puts, so oh, I'm going to oh, buy these I'll,
2: things. I'll it was, it was Wednesday when I bought snap puts, and I actually made money off
0: those. But Jordan is uh, doing a little I'm... experiment where he's just – Doing some more speculative options, small amount of speculative options, just to kind of get back into that options game. Yeah, uh, can, can I just, I'm just tell you guys? talking about that,
2: and I'm, uh, I'm
1: playing. Can I just tell you guys? You know what's doing awesome? My Ford baby. You know, yeah. I, I bought fifty. I know oh, I bought another fifteen hundred. I bought another 1,500 Ford call options at 650 on Friday when I sold my last batch for a 90 grand profit. Mm -hmm. And these things are up now, huge. Like, I I sold 500 of them uh, right before the show. So now I have 1,000 of these Ford 650 calls expiring tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I might re-up them for another week. But um, And by the way, guys, you see that ocean behind me? I'm about to, like jump out of here this this youtube episode and get in the ocean but oh
2: Chris, uh, you make money on those chipotle puts
1: uh i'm like dead even right now on yeah, that i
2: got i got out dead even
1: yeah so I'm, I'm even i don't know what i'll do i'll probably sell them at some point today obviously but
0: uh, all right let's uh, before you go jump in the ocean let's just run through a few like rapid fire q a from the chat wait if we, wait if wait
1: wait wait are you you gotta, you gotta say if you're in tesla seven thousand or one thousand first put it out there can, can you guess it, Seven thousand. seven thousand. Jordan, I don't know. I don't know. Jordan, are you seven thousand or one thousand?
2: I think it's gonna have a rocky road to seven thousand. I'm gonna say it's gonna take a pit stop at one and then uh, cruise straight up after that. Uh,
1: I, 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 like going against the grain. I like going against the dumberny grain. All
2: right, it'll take you a might pit stop, right. but I'm still, I still love
1: Tesla. That's what people don't understand. I love it, Chris. What's yeah. your? Are you seven thousand? Oh, all the way, baby. I'm, I'm a fanboy as of today. Sweet, are you kidding me? I've convinced you. <laughs>
0: all right so if we haven't uh addressed your question yet go ahead and repeat it in the chat because i it's too much scrolling but i do want to get to a few dominic guys do you believe there's a play in nickel mining companies elon said it was a bottleneck in battery production
1: um it is literally when i read that in the transcript i made a note research nickel mining companies
0: i did the exact Um, same thing i've got got the same note how how many how many did you find one yet
1: I no, have I haven't had a I'll, chance. I'll, I'll I'll send send I found one, are, but I, I
0: don't know enough about it to uh, really They're talk about all, it yet. Yeah, most of them are foreign. Yeah, this one's um, in uh, Brazil, called yeah. Vale Valley, yep, Vale. That's the biggest like one. That. That's yep. that's that's my quick look. Have not bought it yet, but but going <sighs> to be looking into that. Um, oh, look at all these questions coming in. This is awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna do these as quickly as as we can, so that Chris can go, uh, like, Beach. ocean. Whatever you're going to do in the ocean. Social Boogie distancing board. in the ocean. Um, let's see. Elon said the price is not... Okay, these, these are before people started reposting questions. Dave is so sleepy, he's forgetting to tell people to like the video. Have I not told you guys? I know I put the graphic up when someone was talking. We need, <laughs> we need you to uh, like the button and hit the smash You know, whatever.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, what do you think about Vista Outdoors, Spectrum Brands for earnings? I still love Vista Outdoors. haven't sold any yet. I'm in them for earnings. Spectrum Brands, I'm looking into it deeper. Uh, I haven't made a final decision. I think I like them going to earnings as well, but uh, I haven't made a final, final decision yet. Uh, Ackman SPAC. How about that spec I I might oh. go with
0: the Ackman spec. I think it could be fun. You know, hearing hearing Ackman describe what the SPAC process is compared to the IPO yeah. process totally made me rethink everything I thought about SPACs. I, I thought it was a sneaky way to get in. I'm all for SPACs now and I I particularly like his way of thinking and the the fee structure or lack thereof for the managers it's SPAC and world now. It's a I, SPAC I, I yeah. It's, it's a um, be, it's a better way of dealing. Guys, as someone asked about my lemonade
1: thing. I sold it. Uh, I, I haven't had time to research. I know about lemonade. I've been following since they started. I love the company, um, but I don't fully know if it's the right time right now for lemonade uh, in terms of uh, barbing any type of major information the market's not already aware of. And until I have time to research them, I sold them. So I, I no longer am in lemonade. Do you want to talk go. about so, our hey, big hey,
2: – Here's your, here's, a, here's one you can do, R-E-M-X. That's a rare earth metal ETF. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's any good or not, but uh, it's something that you can look into. But it is one. It R-E-M-X. is R-E-M-X. one. R-E-M-X,
0: let me put it's that all
1: list. Uh, Amazon earnings next Thursday. I, I, all right, someone's asking a question. I have a feeling that our episode on Thursday is going to be an Amazon episode, don't you guys? Yeah, thank uh, you. On earnings. So wait to next week. We'll talk about, I think earnings usually after hours. So we'll probably have a pre-earnings episode where we'll actually get to kind of talk about our trade going into earnings if we have one at the time. So uh, yeah. So subscribe, not just for Monday's stimulus episode, but for next Thursday's Amazon episode. As you know, that is my forever. No, it's not my. It's all of our forever stocks. We weren't allowed to choose it because of that. Um, But uh, Amazon, we love
0: it. Um question about um, are you still long gambling stocks another huge holding of ours is GAN I know that you've pared back a little bit Chris where where are you now on GAN
1: Yeah I pared back from 80,000 shares of GAN to 30,000 so uh, I'm at the top Perfect. end of I'm at the top end of where I want to be long term GAN I want to be 10 to 30,000 shares um I could add to that position if I see things that are advantageous to them, but I think the market is starting to digest all the great opportunity in GAN, and that's why I pared back my position. Uh, I, I'll have more to say about GAN in the next few weeks, uh, I have more homework to do on them but uh yeah it's it's I, down today, almost four percent
0: but i'm i'm also i have 30,000 shares i actually have a random 30,976 shares because when i was trying to buy 10,000 more i do that's accidentally because shares. i was trying to buy more but i couldn't get filled because the the price kept going up
1: that's a lot of shares for you and gan uh, um, it
0: is it is uh the rumors that Ackman's specs could be uh airbnb that is purely a rumor and Legally, he could not have had a conversation with Airbnb and also mention Airbnb as a, pot- right. a potential. But he talked about that in the interview, and that that was that was probably some of CNBC's best uh, work uh, when they interviewed him. I was I was uh, really impressed with the questions they were giving him and his answers, and they kept grilling him on his statements about the uh, world coming to an end. And I went back and watched his original interview, and he's right. He was not as pessimistic. He did have a, in a 30-minute, 20-minute interview or whatever, he had a very, like, clip that kept getting played over and over again. But he was actually saying, I'm going long on stocks right now. I'm buying Chipotle. I'm buying all these things. But if we don't do something, then it's going to be terrible. And I I thought that he, uh, and I've, I've never really... Given much thought to Ackman in the past, but I I was really impressed with his uh, his most recent appearance on CNBC. So it's on 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 YouTube.
1: Let me go against the grain on this one. Uh, I watched that scene, the initial one, the controversial one, live Mm -hmm. when it happened. Screw CNBC. Yeah, I don't care. I like Ackman. I got it. I understood every word he said when he said it. I actually felt the same exact way as him. My trades were very similar to Ackman's through that whole March and April period, okay? He saw it early. Screw you, CNBC, because you didn't see Jack, okay? And you were just pissed off because you didn't see what was happening. I think what Ackman said made
0: total sense, okay? But they kept replaying the most dire portion of his sentiment instead of the whole interview. I think that this time CNBC... By grilling him, trying to clear up this confusion, gave him the opportunity to respond and say, "It's all you." He blamed. He said "CNBC, you guys, you guys did this." I gave you a twenty-minute yeah. interview, and you picked fifteen seconds to keep playing. Yeah, These
1: organizations
0: want so the sensation. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not a CNBC said, fan. I'm an a- I'm an Ackman fan. <laughs>
1: Someone said Jim Cramer watches Dumb Money. I think what they're really meaning is that one of his producers does, and, and they might, because we we have, we have no people in common. But uh, did you see Dave? Did you ever get those two? I mean, you got to put those I never. I never took you, you
0: you gave me something that I needed to pull can a graphic from our the, show. Can you put it
1: on the screen? Could you put that graphic on the strings I think it's awesome. Guys, you might remember when we did our uh, did you, did you Great Outdoors to, episode. did you send it
0: to? Was it me and Jordan?
1: I texted it to you. I texted it to you, uh, just to you, I think.
0: Um, oh, no, here it is. Here it is.
1: Yeah, so we did a great outdoors episode, as you guys know, if you watch Dumb Money Live, I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks ago, I don't know, a month and a half ago. uh, It was an awesome episode. If you haven't watched it, you've got to watch our great outdoors. And Dave, you do the best thumbnails. You're just so talented. Uh, And so someone put on a Discord channel that Jim Kramer... Basically, did his own Great Outdoors and did it like two days ago, like yeah. five weeks after here's, we did ours. So,
0: Jim Cramer's late, uh, Great Outdoors Jim. that someone <laughs> took a picture of, and if right. I can find, we, we definitely had an episode that was called The Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors, so we right? did it like two right? months in advance.
1: So, um, I was talking to our buddy Chase, uh, our buddy Chase out in LA. Who's a big fan, and and he, you know, we invest with Chase for all biotech and pharma companies and all the medical companies. There's our great outdoors <laughs> episode, um, and you know Chase's uh, uh, fiance's mother, so his future mother-in-law, was a big fan of. Uh, Jim Cramer and uh, his show watching him for years. And she has completely switched over to dumb money now and says that she no longer can trust Cramer because he is so behind the curve and everything that we talk about on dumb money. They talk about, he talks about days to weeks later or like a month later. So that was so cool to hear Chase's uh, mother-in-law If you're watching, hello and uh, <laughs> thank you for being, for transitioning to Cramer to dumb money. That's great. Listen, I, listen, we I love what Jim Cramer has done for investing. He's gotten more people excited about investing. But that that's the last 15 years. We're the next 15 years, right? Yeah. No, we um, grew
0: up we grew up watching Cramer and his. You yeah. know, he he I, had an influence up on up. you as a as an investor and and what you liked about him and what you didn't like.
1: I grew up watching the original Money Honey, uh, you know, Maria, Maria Bartiromo, Bartiromo back in the late late eighties.
0: <laughs> the Money Honey. My, my wife you is shaking her head I at mean, me you right can't, now. You can't even talk about that now. <laughs> anyway, I think um, I think that's it. I think you're done. That, I think we're all that, done. That's it. We have to well, remind you we'll one last on that time. Day. Smash the like button. I, for, I I don't know if I said it enough, but if I didn't, we have 219 smashes of the like button as of right now. Before we sign off, I'm going to give you a final count. But while we're doing that, I'm going to remind you, uh, we have a podcast. If you want to hear what we're doing and you aren't around, uh, you can do that. I have my Occupy Mars shirt, which is not available in our store, but I found it on Elon's Instagram, so you can, you can buy that from him. Um, although... We should do we should do more merch because we, yes. we have we have all these sayings that people in our in our comments are like oh that should be a shirt whatever random quotes we say should be a shirt <laughs> So more merch dumbmoney.tv/merch is where you can go to uh, buy stuff with our logo on it including but
1: Dave where do they send their merch recommended? is it do they go to the discord channel under our merch channel I think and we, yeah is go it... ahead
0: and, and post your ideas somewhere in discord I don't know maybe the merch channel I think we'll have would a be a good place section, to do um, okay. Thank you, Mr. Smith, for subscribing. Uh, we, I'm also, I think I have it figured out where I can put, uh, when people buy a shirt, it, if you buy it during the show, it'll say your name, that you bought a shirt or whatever. Nice. Maybe. who knows if that works. Oh, um, I'm getting a reminder here in the uh, comments that I need to plug my other channel. Hey there, Dave here. New video <laughs> dropped yesterday. It was awesome. Darwin, thanks for uh, subscribing. I feel like we're a Twitch show now. Um, but yes, hey there, Dave here. It's all about, it's something that I talked about on this channel a long time ago and finally got around to making the video. It is all about trailing stop orders and how I'm using it to uh, protect myself in the event the market were to have another crash. And uh, it's one of the most highly edited uh, <laughs> videos on finance you'll see on YouTube. So that's awesome. Enjoy that. <laughs> Chris, you haven't that. seen it yet. You need to um, Cruiser's gonna cruise. going to cruise. I saw Pedro, one of our, regular followers. He has a YouTube channel. He gave us a shout out wearing our shirt at the end of his video that he dropped yesterday. So Pedro, thank you. Uh, I'm sure I I haven't seen him in the uh, comments. He's probably too busy answering his own comments right now. Uh, what do we have? Oh, we have merch ideas as a channel. Leon saying, Oh, do we need to talk about the, we have so many things going on. We have this crypto talks thing going on that, that Leon's, uh, heading up and I'm not sure exactly what our involvement is other than we don't know much about crypto. So we're going to be asking uh, some questions and learning.
1: Yeah. I listen, I, there's no doubt that the social R methodology works for crypto. We just don't use it for crypto. And Leon has been like, trying to pull me into crypto for five years and you know he's the biggest crypto guy we know and he really understands his stuff he spends a tremendous amount of time in the crypto community and sharing his knowledge uh and really trying to add to the community and he asked us to do this and i can't wait for it. I, i wouldn't do it for anyone else but for leon we're gonna do our first crypto event and maybe we learn a little bit and we talk about how we can kind of evolve our type of thinking for the crypto space even if we don't ultimately do it maybe other people that have an interest in crypto can leverage social art thinking for crypto i think and it, hopefully that's what it's about it's bit. an
0: event that you can you can actually attend uh, virtually it's an online event uh we have a redirect from dumbmoney.tv TV slash crypto talk dumb slash crypto talk oh look pedro is on uh so I watched his video yesterday. At the very, very end, you'll see uh, you'll see a shout out to us. Uh, thank you for for that. Uh, let's see who else do we have. God, we have so many comments just rolled in here. Uh, protect myself in the event I go on vacation from a thirty percent drop. Yes, evil genius. That is, if I had done that, do you know how I would have not lost that million dollars? Which I, I didn't lose it because I, you know, watch the video before you lost that. It. Which, <laughs> it was down but i've i'm now up three times that so we're we're all good yeah. there um that's <laughs> what else uh, uh like button count we're now at 263 so thank you everybody during the live show who watched it. if you're watching the replay and you made it all the way to the end let us know in the comments because like i say you're my favorites uh subscribe hit the bells uh podcast twitter instagram find us on those channels as well discord server. Uh, I saw that, that URL on the screen. Can I put that up? Where is it? Oh, there's so many things to talk about. Dumb slash discord. If you aren't a part of that community, it is where all the stuff happens. Um, what else?
1: That's it. I, I got to get in that water, Dave. I got to get out of here. <laughs> you, you We've got, done you enough talking. Join us, guys. The beach.
0: Thank you, guys, so much for watching. We are dumb money. We will see you on Monday with an awesome episode all about what to expect for the uh, 2.0 version of the stimulus. Until then, we're dumb money. Have a good weekend.